0: Welcome back to the Brilliant Perspectives podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Bowden, and we are so excited to have you with us. Today, we're talking about the kind of goodness that overcomes opposition. Not because we're seeking vengeance or vindication, but because how we treat others is rooted in the goodness that he's always giving to us. Here's a powerful quote from today's clip that completely captured my heart when I heard it. It says you are not defined by what other people do to you. You can only be defined by who God is for you. So what do you say? Who has God been for you? Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. That's a promise you can cling to. And it's the very nature of God that you get to reflect to others. Let's jump right in with Graham as we look at goodness as a way of life.
1: Goodness is critical in times of opposition and warfare. We are to love our enemies and do good to them. Let me read you something else in the Bible. Luke 6, 27. But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other one also. Whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, Do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, What credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Talking about a level of goodness here that transcends everything. A level of goodness so profound, it literally doesn't matter what people are doing. To live in a place of such incomparable goodness that you're not scared about being taken for granted. You're not worried about being abused or your resources being abused. You're not concerned remotely about what other people do with the goodness that you put out. All you're concerned about is, I want to do good. Goodness is a way of life. Here's the thing about goodness you can't be in charge of it. You don't get a say in who you give goodness to, you don't get to play favorites, you don't get to give goodness as a reward. You get to give it because that's the nature of God, and you don't get to give it with any conditions. Well, I'll do this if you do this. Or, I mean, you wasted the last lot, so no more for you. You don't get to employ conditions. You don't get to play favorites. You get just to be good. Years ago, in my hometown in Southampton, there was a, a church leader and preacher who was speaking against the prophetic in the city and me in particular. I think over the course of a year, he preached more about me than he did about Jesus. And everything was, you know, don't go near him, don't talk to him, you know. Apparently, I was the second cousin three times removed from the devil himself. So everything was, you know, Everything was against me, against me. I was doing schools of prophecy, and, and that made me an outlaw in some sections. And what began to happen over time was that the numbers in his congregation began to dwindle. I remember some of my friends at the time came and said, you know, his numbers are falling, so the income for the church is dropping. You know, God is judging him and, like, really glad about it. And I said, guys, that's not right. We can't think that way. You know, we want this guy to succeed. You know, he's a brother. If he's not behaving like one, that's got nothing to do with us. His own behavior is between him and the Lord. I'm not going to judge who he is. And I certainly don't want you being glad that he's failing. And then a few months later, you know, his numbers are so low, his income is being affected. And I remember the Lord waking me up at 2 o'clock in the morning and saying, I want you to go to the ATM. I said, what, are you short of cash? <laughs> and he said, no, but, and he showed me this guy, no, but he is. So I get up at like 2.30 in the morning, go to the ATM, draw out a couple of thousand pounds, and then I have to drive around to his house with an envelope, and in England, we have the letterbox inside, in the front door, set in the front door. So you can put the thing right into the house, you know? So I'm tiptoeing down his garden path at like three o'clock in the morning, kneeling down. I'm thinking, dear Lord, don't let any policemen come by right now because they'll never believe me, you know? And I put this thing and the Lord said, put the money in and, and, and I couldn't put my name on it or anything. And, but bless his house. So I'm speaking blessings through the letterbox into his house and then flicking the money in, you know. And so like two or three times a month, the Lord would show me an amount and I would draw it out and I would be giving this guy money. And he begins waving banknotes in the air. See, the Lord is blessing my ministry. I'm right. Which <laughs> just was flat out funny. I laughed. That was so funny. (laughs) See, he's holding up the provision as a sign of God's vindication. That's just silly. (laughs) But it didn't matter to me that he got it wrong because eventually I knew he'd get it right because of God's goodness. Yeah? Uh, The fascinating thing for me was that whole act of goodness saved me from an awful lot of anger and hassle and recrimination and all the stuff you really don't want to get involved in, you know, because sometimes it's our response to things like that 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 really wears us out. You know, we just, if you engage negativity with negativity, you're not doing yourself any favors, Really? So, but then I got a great opportunity uh, with him. Um, his daughter was in a car accident, and, and the thing is, he got such a poor reputation in the city that um, people were saying that his daughter's accident was a judgment from God. I know, I know, it's just bizarre how people think, eh? You know, you're talking a 14-year-old girl, that God would lower himself to injuring a 14-year-old girl for the sake of teaching her stupid dad a lesson. You really think God is like that? The so people were saying, though, that's a sign from God. And so I found out where, the, where she was being, in which hospital she was in, and, and I went down. And I walked into the room, and, and he sat by her bed. And he looks at me and he says, what are you doing here? I said, I'm here to pray for your daughter, man. I don't want someone like you praying for my daughter. I said, well, you know what? Looking around, I don't see too many volunteers. But you and I, you know, and Jesus, where two or three are gathered. He said, I don't want to pray with you. I said, okay, I'll pray outside but this is what I'm going to pray if you're interested. And so I went outside and I just stood there in the corridor and I'm praying. And the door opened and he came out and he looked at me and he said, I don't know how to pray for her. I said, I know. Well, let's, let's just do it together, man. So we prayed. You know, and she's in a coma. Hey, but God is good. So pretty soon she wasn't. Those are the moments in goodness that make everything worthwhile. You only need one moment with people. And really I think maturity in the spirit is waiting for that moment and choosing it. But here's the thing, you are not defined by what other people do to you. You can only be defined by who God is for you. No one can make you angry. You can't say, well, he did this and he made me really angry. Come on. Nobody makes you angry. You chose to be angry. You chose it. No one made you do that. You could have chosen grace and mercy and kindness. No, but you had to choose anger. What's that about? They didn't make you angry. Maybe they did something that caused the anger in you to rise. They didn't put anger in you, maybe it was already there. Sometimes people only reveal to us the things we already have present. You're choosing it. Stop choosing it and it'll leave. It'll go find some other idiot who'll pick it up and use it. That you need to stop being the idiot. I'm talking to myself now. I hope, I hope, hope you realize that. True disciples have a passion to prove what's good. They cleave, they cling to what is good. They're devoted to goodness because they see it as the only lifestyle that can truly represent the nature of God. For Christ's sake, we must abound in goodness. Be filled up with it. Be giving it away, every opportunity. If you give goodness away, it will protect you in the giving. And you won't have to take on board all that negative stuff that other people's actions are pushing your way. You can repel that with goodness. You can learn to express his passion for generosity to be lavish, to be profuse, to be extravagant in his loving kindness. It's a great thing, it's such a privilege to put things into the hand of God. You know, like anybody else in this room, I'm learning to be Christ-like in some of those things. All God's attributes of love, gentleness, grace, mercy, patience and kindness, They're all acts that are rooted in His goodness toward us. To walk in the spirit is to be careful to maintain acts of goodness in our own lifestyle. It's not an option. It's the only viable expression of the kingdom.